This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupforthetruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. We've got an important podcast topic today, uh, but I'm warning you, it's a heavy one. We've got Scott Shera in studio with an update. We've got Vera Sharav, Holocaust survivor, on the line. And today's title, we may change it when it, after we hear what we talk about, but Pandemic Lies, Medical Malpractice, and a Worldwide Depopulation. So we're genocide, yeah. So we're talking about some serious things today, and these are not exaggerations. We are going to remind you of some true history But first, I want to remind you about the Prophecy Conference in Appleton, Wisconsin, kicks off tomorrow. And on Saturday, I'll be speaking at 9 a.m. If you want to get up early, you can actually watch online. If you're from out of the area and not not planning on attending, you can watch it online, ccappleton.org. But two of the speakers, Dr. Andy Woods and Chris Quintana, are going to give you a pastor's perspective tomorrow. They will be in studio And we're calling it unscripted because you can send in your questions to this email address, comments at standupforthetruth.com. That's comments at standupforthetruth.com for Pastor Chris and Pastor Andy. So that's tomorrow live right here. Um, Also tonight, one of the speakers of the Prophecy Conference, Tommy Ice, is going to be in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, speaking at Calvary Sunrise Church, 6.30 p.m. So if you have any details on that, that's at Calvary Sunrise Church. Uh, They usually do a uh, Movies for the Mind, but they're having speakers like I spoke there a few months ago. Tommy Ice will be tonight, 630. Now, one more thing real quick before we get to our very important topic for today. Um, We addressed a so-called discernment ministry the other day that was attacking us, uh, calling me a false teacher, a dangerous and deceptive, and all that good stuff. And so I addressed that in the second half of a podcast Tuesday. Well, we've got some feedback on that, and it's very encouraging. So thank you, guys. I just want to read one email from Tracy, who said, uh, praying for you, David. As a family, we are reading through the book of Daniel. There are so many parallels to our world today. Truth speakers have always been hated. We are seeing the same lying, conniving, name-calling tactics operating today as they did in Daniel's day before Daniel and since Daniel. When our government is an enemy of God, by default, that government views Christians as an enemy. Hold fast. Let us follow the example of Daniel and his three friends. We don't need time to reconsider our beliefs. Therefore, we will live in the fire. When an evil law is proclaimed, we will immediately turn to prayer and face the lions. When your crime is truth, The furnace and the lion's den are actually good places to be because Jesus will be there with you. Thank you, Tracy. That was incredibly encouraging. I shared that with the staff and kind of goes into what we're going to talk about today because people, some in our culture, resist truth proclaimers and defenders. And I've got two of them with me today. Vera Sharav is a Holocaust survivor, and she's been going around speaking about some very important information and history you may have either forgotten or were never taught. So we'll get to her in a minute. And right now in studio, Scott Sherrod. Brother, it's always a blessing to have you back with us. So thank you, Scott. I want to remind everybody he is the founder and president of Our Amazing Graces Light Shines On Incorporated. And he's an advocate exposing how hospital systems are being used during this worldwide genocide. Scott and Vera, welcome to Stand Up for the Truth. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, Vera, I can't wait to get to uh, your story. As as hard as it is, I'm sure, to go over it again and again, but it is helpful to a lot of people. But first, uh, Scott, you just interviewed yesterday with Jan Markell. I, well, I can't wait to hear that interview on the radio. Uh, God bless you. You've been busy continuing since we talked last to open people's eyes about what's going on. So before we turn it over to Vera and hear about her background and introduce her to our audience, share a couple of the bullet points of uh, what you want to uh, mention today. Well, just to get people in the fold relative to Grace's death. So Grace was 19 years old. She had Down syndrome. Uh, After I had about 500 hours of research in Grace's case in April, I concluded that she was murdered. 
And I concluded that because of the med combinations and the illegal DNR and drilling down those details got me to that specific point. So you can't fathom the idea of a doctor putting a DNR on somebody, which is a do not resuscitate order without their permission. But I mean, that's what happened. And so that combination of events with the meds got me to that point. Well, then the, the, if you think about it in terms of, I'm calling it the Santa Claus effect. So once you tell your children that Santa Claus doesn't exist, their natural question would be, well, what else did you lie to me about? Mm. And so as I learned this about Grace's situation, I started digging into why. And that why, 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 and what's going on ultimately led to genocide. It led to a comparison with the Holocaust, ultimately led to meeting Vera. And the biggest update has been in my perspective of things. As I see it now, we, including me, have been programmed to accept a totalitarian society. And the United States, they keep telling us, is a democracy. Of course, it never was. It was a republic, but it's not anything like that today. It is uh, the equivalent of what was going on in Nazi Germany, and it's happening right in front of our noses. And I'd like to just walk through an example of that. So we're going to talk about population reduction today. And one of the worldwide agendas is to take people out. Right. And uh, hardly anybody is aware that this is happening. Well, this propaganda, for me, I remember it starting with me in 1968. I went to kindergarten in 1968. I know that surprises you based on <laughs> how young I look. But the, in 1968, the weekly reader told us as five-year-olds that it's irresponsible to have more than two children. Hmm. We have come to believe that cancer is normal. Cancer was invented by the Rockefellers when they invented Big Pharma. That's when cancer came on the scene. Cancer is was designed as part of the population control. Hmm. We are told that in order to handle our population, we have to use chemicals to produce enough food. Another lie and now 80% of urine tested has glyphosate in it, mm. another way that they're reducing the population. We know that the entire world population would fit in the state of Texas, and everybody would have 1,200 square feet. So just process, this is one of the big lies that we've yes. been told, and yes. that leads to all these lies lead to a totalitarian environment, mm-hmm. which is what we are in today. Scott, Shara, even some of what you just shared might be hard to believe, especially for our newer listeners that are just now starting to pay attention to what's going on. But, yeah, the environmental movement has been brilliant. They're evil, but it has been brilliant in using propaganda. And it's communist policy really to scare people and to say, hey, the people are the problem, the earth, we need to save the earth, and people are destroying the planet that's part of the population control. I mean, the Georgia Guidestones down in Georgia, there's so many things that we can look to. But Vera, I want to bring you into the conversation. I want people to hear part of your story. And first of all, Vera, where are you calling from? I'm calling from New York. Okay, well, thank you so much again for being with us today. And um, I'm so glad. What a powerful duo you and Scott are in sharing this message, trying to wake up people and inform them and then warn concerned citizens. So please share your story about how what you went through during the Holocaust and then you eventually ended up in America, in New York, and then we'll go down some of these bullet points that Scott and I wanted to talk to or talk about. Okay. Well, essentially, I have been speaking out now for these last two years to provide a historical context to what is happening now to the current global threat that is confronting our entire civilization. And I can tell you that these past two and a half years have been very, very stressful because they rekindled painful memories. Mm. Now, in 1941, I was three and a half years old when my family was forced from our home in Romania. We were deported to a concentration camp in Ukraine. Uh, We Essentially, this was not a death camp. Okay, there were, you know, some 
more than 4,000 camps, concentration camps and death camps that were scattered all over Europe. So while this was not a death camp, death was ever present. Mm. Uh, Essentially, we were left to starve, and typhus was an infectious disease that was rampant in all the ghettos, concentration camps, everywhere, because, of course, um, there were no uh, hygienic facilities, no medicines, people starving, the cold, bitter cold, so people were dying. And that's, my father died of typhus. Hmm. Uh, I was in the camp for three years. Um, And then in 1944, the Romanian government realized that the Nazis were losing the war. This This was true, but one of the aspects of the Holocaust was that The Nazis, while they were losing the war, were in a frenzy to implement the final solution. Hmm. Their final solution, the objective of it, was to annihilate all 11 million European Jews. Well, they managed to kill 6 million. Hmm. They didn't finish the job. But, of course, they also had in their radar others whom they were going to annihilate as well, like the Polish people, the Slavs. I mean, only the Aryans were going to be left standing and ruling over the world. Now, what the Romanian government decided that, well, if the Nazis are losing the war, they disentangled themselves slowly, from their alliance with the Nazis. And so one gesture, but of course it was tied, I'm quite sure, with with money, ransom. Mm. They allowed uh, something like 1,800 Jewish orphans to return to Romania. And I was one of those, although I wasn't really an orphan because I had a mother. But my mother, when she got wind of the possibility of saving my life, she lied and put me on the list as an orphan. Mm. I left the camp in one of the cattle cars that continued to bring uh, European Jews to the death camps. And then I had an odyssey in Romania without you know, without mother or father, was an odyssey of about 10 months, which I was kind of a child in transit. But then I was six. And um, I learned, I, I learned how to assess people, to discern which people, who I could trust, because I knew I couldn't take care of myself. And I looked for adults, kind-hearted adults that I assessed would take care of me. Mm. And I have to say that throughout, I did find such people. A Romanian Christian family took me in Mm. and nursed me back to health. I was sick. I was crying. I was... um, They kept me for three months. And uh, I remember very well it was Easter time, which was also my birthday. And uh, the East Europeans have Easter eggs that are very different from the Western Europeans. Um, They're a bit like the embroidery. Uh, They're black with red and black X's. Um, Anyway, eventually... I was headed toward Palestine, uh, along with the orphan children. But on the train to the harbor city of Constanza in Romania, 
I befriended a family, as had become kind of my habit to latch on to a family that I considered nice enough and decided that they would be kind to me. When we got to the Harbor City, there were three small boats waiting for us, and they assigned people to a specific boat. They read off a list, and I was assigned to the boat with the orphan children, but I absolutely refused. I refused no matter what. I cried and cried and just absolutely refused to go on the boat with the children. Uh, Everyone boarded their assigned boat except for me. Hmm. I sat there all alone uh, in a little valise and just absolutely refused. This was my act of disobedience. And for whatever miracle, (laughs) they gave in to me in the end. And they let me go on the boat with the family that I had befriended. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very seasick. I always got seasick. So I slept finally during that first night. And I did not witness what happened. Uh... During the night, a torpedo sank the boat with all the children. Oh, my goodness. There were no survivors. Hmm. I learned about it the next morning, and I didn't say one word. Uh, But I thought to myself, I was right not to obey. Wow. But I felt a pang of guilt that I was glad to be alive. Mm. This memory, you know, was buried for a very long time. But during this COVID time, it popped right up. Mm. A reminder to me about the importance of going by your own intuition your own feeling and not obeying authority. Vera, what was it about the COVID lockdown and all the media fear and, and panic over the pandemic? What was it about what happened in the last couple of years that brought you back to that and you saw the parallels between that and the Holocaust? Well, one of the lessons, the vital lessons really of the Holocaust is that genocide was facilitated by indifference and silence, people's silence. Mm. People, in other words, who were not directly affected, looked the other way, pretended that what was happening to the Jews was not happening. Mm -hmm. And that emboldened the Nazis to keep going. You see, they... The Holocaust didn't begin at Auschwitz. It developed, it evolved in stages. In many stages of humiliation, discrimination, various edicts that separated and isolated Jews from others. Mm. And because because of the silence of the majority, it escalated. Now, one of the major contributors to the Holocaust, there are several. One which came up now exactly in the same way is the culpability of the medical profession. Hmm. During the Holocaust, the medical profession provided the veneer of legitimacy to infanticide, to euthanasia, Mm -hmm. to genocide. 
Yes, Vera, we're going to have to take a break, but that's such an important point. I don't want to interrupt it. When we come back, we'll continue with that because that's such an important point of what we've seen happen in the last couple of years. And we already know there's a, a movement for to promote abortion, euthanasia, even in America with five or six states where it's legal. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're dealing with some of this, but we kind of are blinded by what we see as a trustworthy medical establishment. So much more with Scott Shera. He's in studio. And Vera Sharav on Stand Up For The Truth coming right up. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest in studio, Scott Shera, is back with us. And Vera Sharav, she's the founder of the Alliance for Human Research Protection and uh, just such an important voice in our time to remind people of true history and to warn people that are concerned about the direction of America and, of course, the world. But before we get back to Vera to let her continue her story, Scott, she just laid out a pretty important point about the medical community, the medical establishment. But I want to have you chime in on based on what she shared and just share your thoughts before we get back to Vera. Well, Vera is spot on, and she'll connect the dots with one of the initial stages that she mentioned with the Holocaust, which was the T4 program which was designed to take out one population group, the the mentally challenged and the disabled. Mm. And that's where I believe Grace fits into this current Holocaust that we're experiencing because Grace was disabled. And in the population reduction programming that we've all experienced, taking out Down syndrome children, for example, in the United States has become a standard of care. 67% of Down syndrome children are already murdered before they're born in the United States. So that's become a standard of care. The related standard of care, as it applies to the medical profession, is trust the white coat because they believe in the Hippocratic Oath. Well, what if that changed? And this is why we're out talking yes. because, in fact, that paradigm has changed. So thanks for letting me comment. Not a problem. I just happened to glance over at openvares.com, and according to these numbers, I know they're probably higher than that, but there are over 30,000 vaccine-reported deaths. All right? There are a lot more than that than these numbers, but a minimum. I've read somewhere for, like, there's one in it was 72 or 76. Was it the polio vaccine? There, there was a vaccine that there were less than a couple hundred deaths, and they stopped it. They took it off the market. They stopped giving it. Here we're over 30,000, and this is something that's overlooked. The media is not reporting on it because they're agenda-driven. But I want to go back to Vera Sharab. And uh, first, Vera, you do a lot of work, and you're trying to get the, the truth out there. Uh, what is the Alliance for Human Research Protection? Well, it is an organization, a watchdog organization, that essentially monitors the dark side of medicine. In other words, what shouldn't be done ever is being done. Mm. And it's being shielded uh, by the medical establishment, academic establishment, and, of course, part of it is the financial rewards. Uh, Big Pharma has a tremendous influence on medical practice and medical research. Mm. So from their perspective, profit is the number one motive. But to get that profit, uh, what happens is that the moral restrictions are shattered. They're just disregarded. And people, including children, are used as guinea pigs in experiments that are not meant to serve their best interests. That's right. being used and abused. Mm -hmm. And there's a long litany of these. Uh, We file complaints. We have, uh, you know, uh, it is very disconcerting because, if anything, this has mushroomed. It hasn't gotten better. It's gotten far worse. Mm Mm-hmm. And during COVID, it's as if all bets are off. I mean, all limits on what you can do have been lifted. And now everybody is a guinea pig. Whoever is getting the COVID injections is an experimental subject. This is an experimental subject. 
uh, technology that's never been used in human beings before, and yet it's being unleashed on hundreds of millions of people. Yes, and you're referring to the experimental gene therapy. And did you ever think, Vera, especially after what you've been through, uh, seeing what happened in Germany and the Holocaust, that we would be in a nation where many, too many almost blindly just trust the government and the entire medical establishment when we know Big Pharma and some of these heads are getting filthy rich. We're talking about billionaires, and yeah. uh, the vaccine has helped a lot of them. But that may, I don't want to digress too much, but your, your thoughts on that. Well, there are, you see, there are similarities. There are parallels. They're using a similar playbook. First of all, they use fear. Mm-hmm. Fear is really the main weapon yeah. to get people paralyzed and to stop trusting their own judgment. People have been told over and over, trust the science, yeah. trust the experts. <laughs> this is a total lie. Yes. This is propaganda. This is exactly the kind of propaganda that the Nazis held the population uh, in, in total fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. The other thing is censorship. Yes. We're supposed to have, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom to say whatever we want. And guess what? All that has been clamped down. Uh, this is major, major, uh, uh, what should I call it, really? It is the demolition of a civilized democratic society. What's important about the Holocaust, aside from the casualties, is to understand how a civilized society can be brought down Mm. to the point where all moral norms and human values were systematically obliterated. The Nazi system destroyed a social conscience in the name of public health. And that's what we have now, too. Public health has become the, the, the major objective. Who is public health if individuals are being killed? Yes. Uh, Vera, by the Where way... have we ever heard of children getting heart attacks, mm-hmm. myocarditis? Yes, and very, very healthy 20-year-old athletes, 25-year-old yeah. athletes. By the way, people forget that one of the things that Hitler did against the Jews was to try to eliminate them because they blamed the Jew, the Jewish people for spreading disease. That was yeah. one of the things. It wasn't just because they were Jewish. Of course, that was the, the no, more no, they underlying made it, factor. Yeah. We were spreaders of disease, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. And uh, so to identify us, they had us wear a yellow star, I consider today's masking to be the symbolic equivalent of mm. the yellow star because what it what it has done is announced we are not free we are obedient slaves. Yeah. Wow. We do what we're told. We're putting on masks even though it is absolutely known it's been known since 1918 that masks do not prevent the spread of infection. And yet, people are still walking around with masks. Mm-hmm. Because they believed someone that said they, they were... Believe, right. Well, it's the and Fauci's, actually, the science. Of, you know, belief without judgment of your own is a terrible thing, because one of the things that we... Human beings have God-given choice, freedom of choice. We are supposed to make our own choices about how we live. And our health. Yes. And that is now we're told, no, you may not decide whether you can go out of your house. You cannot decide where, what your children what your children's education will be like, we dictate it, and you just have to, you know, send them and and let them be um, brainwashed, really. Yes, and it's amazing, Vera, to see in America the the fact that people are now 
saying, well, I don't want to do this, inject this substance into my body because of religious reasons, my conscience or my faith. And now there's a debate about that all of a sudden, like they, you should have to do it anyway. It's really amazing what we're seeing. So the throw out the Constitution and the First Amendment. Scott, did you want to add anything here? Well, I want to add of how far down this has been drilled into the medical profession. And people don't grasp this. So this business of being programmed, I re-looked at Grace's first day doctor report in preparation for today. Mm -hmm. And this is what he wrote. So there's two specific comments that really frame what I'm talking about and how far reaching this propaganda is. So this is the COVID expert on Grace's first day in the hospital, which was October 7th. He wrote, they, which was us, the family, followed the frontline doctor's misinformation campaign and placed her on some ivermectin and the vitamins and all that stuff. Wow. So right, stop right there, Scott, really quick. That's, so we've got someone in the medical establishment at the hospital saying what you are doing from your own research and from doctors that you've consulted and things that you've looked into to help your family or your daughter are wrong. They called it misinformation. So there's propaganda right there. Go ahead. Well, and it gets worse than that. His final conclusion on the first day report was, unfortunately, I think the patient probably would not be here if she had been fully vaccinated. So in other words, in the hospital, she wouldn't be in the hospital. Correct. So they're following the government, the, the party line. That the, They're just saying they're, they're saying the vaccine is the answer to everything. For every person, no matter how old you are, no matter whether you have Down syndrome, no matter you have, whether you have heart disease, no matter whether you have, the vaccine is the solution. They wouldn't allow any other debate or any other information to come in, and that's when the big tech social media conglomerate got in and started censoring people. So, Vera, back to you. Um, that's That's been a concern, the censorship, as you brought up. That has been a concern because, obviously, they've done that before in history. But dictatorships do that, not uh, free republics like the United States. Well, you know, it's, it's getting worse because doctors uh, face criminal charges now. And at least in California, there's a bill out that would criminalize doctors who actually tell their patients the truth, giving them full disclosure about the vaccines. Hmm. Now, that is what I call the weaponization of medicine, and that's what happened under the Nazis. Yeah, exactly. Where, where medicine is perverted from its healing mission to killing, mm -hmm. to medical murder. And I do want to emphasize that the first victims of medical murder were German infants and children under the age of three. They were disabled. Mm. And after them came the other children who were disabled, and then the mentally ill, and then the nursing home residents. Wow. This was, the program was called T4. It was just a euphemism. Right. Uh, but what this was about, medics, the medical establishment gave its seal of approval to infanticide, euthanasia, and then mass murder. And under this program, they tested various methods of medical murder, wow. including the Zyklon B gas that was later used on the Jews. Uh, so, you see, a murderous regime, while it... Um, discriminates against some segments of the population, it really discriminates against lots of segments yes. of the population. Yes. And that's because what is really at the root of all this, both in Nazi Germany and today in Western countries, in Europe, Australia, Canada, the United States, we are witnessing a resurrection of eugenics. Yes. Well, Vera, Margaret Sanger kind of got the ball rolling in America in the 19, 
teens and 1920s. Right. And what I remember is one of the top psychiatrists or eugenicists for Adolf Hitler actually wrote for Margaret Sanger's Birth Control Review in America. And Margaret Sanger, of course, for those of you that don't know, the founder of Planned Parenthood. And the guy's name was Ernst Rudin. Are you familiar with him? Absolutely. And this is the eugenics was exported from America to Germany. Astounding. Okay. Mm -hmm. They absolutely uh, took, they followed the book. They just expanded it. Right. Uh, But forced sterilization first happened in America. Amen. And that's true. You guys, you can look up that history. I've written about it quite a bit. Uh, But Vera, I want to go back to something and ask you, what was going through your mind? We only have two minutes in this segment, but briefly, when what happened in the New York nursing homes when Cuomo made the decision to bring in COVID patients in the nursing homes and tens of thousands of nursing home residents in New York died? In a minute and a half, can you please share your thoughts on that? Cuomo is a mass murderer. This was premeditated murder. He predicted before he issued the order to hospitals not to treat, he said... This virus in nursing homes will be like fire through dry grass. Oh, my goodness. And then he issued the order. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And, of course, he didn't pay any penalty for that. There's very little accountability from what I understand. But, Vera, we're going to continue. When we come back from our break, we're going to get with Scott and and get a little information on how almost everybody that was tested positive for COVID and, and died Um, Whether it was a heart condition or something else, they listed it as a COVID death. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to also talk about what Vera reported on the IBM. Uh, IBM had involvement in the Holocaust. And, guys, this is fascinating history. And they also had something to do with COVID. Here, we're going to learn more from Vera Sharav, Holocaust survivor now in New York, and Scott Shera in studio trying to raise awareness and say it's not going to stop with what's already happened. We are going to be concerned about what's coming down the road. More coming up next. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest, Holocaust survivor Vera Sharab, founder of the Alliance for Human Research Protection and Scott Shera, he's been an advocate on this for almost a year now. Um, Scott, I want to go to you first, and then we'll go back to Vera. Guys listening, you're not going to believe how IBM has been around for quite a long time, and they're involved in some of this. But, Scott, you say that um, hospitals report every SARS-CoV-2 uh, you know, po- positive patient who dies in the hospital as a COVID-related death, COVID-19. So, it's difficult to determine if they actually died from COVID or whether they died from something else, which is often the case when they come in with underlying conditions. And there is something that you would like to get rid of because the hospitals are getting money for COVID deaths. Could you briefly explain that and why that's important to this conversation? It's, it's absolutely critical. And I'll just explain Grace's situation and then I'm going to expand it to what's going on in the United States. So the, these COVID death payments and bonus payments are still going on. In Grace's case, the first cause of death listed was acute respiratory failure. The hospital received a $7,500 bonus for listing that first. They caused that particular element of her death by putting her on Presidex, followed by morphine and lorazepam. So they caused the first cause of death directly. The second cause of death they listed as COVID-19 pneumonia, which of course wasn't at all. The second cause of death was an illegal DNR. They received a $13,000 bonus for listing that as the second cause of death. So where is this all coming from? Well, in World War II, the the rep- reparations from World War I was part of the reason Hitler got into power. In today's world, 39% of our federal budget on an annual basis goes to fund the elderly and the disabled. 39%, that's $2.2 trillion of a $5 trillion annual budget. Wow. wow. <clears throat> elderly and disabled were the number one and number two causes of death in hospitals when they went in for COVID. 
Well, elderly and disabled are not comorbidities. They're simply facts. Those should not be the number one and number two causes of death unless mm. there's an agenda. Right. So <clears throat> in order to facilitate that agenda in the first 22 months of COVID, the United States government, our taxpayer money, paid hospitals $4 trillion in bonus payments to follow an agenda to take people out. That's 80% of the annual federal budget was paid in the first 22 months of COVID oh to hospitals to facilitate this agenda. They're, they, in a way, I hate to think of it this way, but let's be real. They were being paid to decide who was going to be treated and who was going to be maybe killed. I'm saying this because I want people to wake up. If you can't see this, take the time and study research. it. Yes. I'm telling you right now, if you research this and you still can't see it, you're blind. So, Vera Sharav, back to you uh, in New York. Um, we have heard what some things about IBM, and we just think computers when we hear about IBM. Please share okay, what you know. Yeah, let me explain. As I said before, the Holocaust evolved in incremental escalating stages of persecution and separation. Now, a pivotal weapon that Hitler had at his disposal for the destruction of European Jewry was supplied and deployed by IBM. IBM provided the critical identification and tracking technology. It set in motion every stage mm -hmm. that led to the Holocaust. Wow. So they first conducted census mm -hmm. and identified every Jew, first in Germany and then in the occupied countries. And they took down a, a lot of information, including uh, their assets, their medical records, everything about them. And this was all put on punch cards. This was the precursor to the computer. So the first and most important objective was to identify and register every Jew, hmm. and that's what IBM provided wow. the method to do it. Hmm. Once they were identified, it was easy to disenfranchise them, to expel them from universities, from civil service, hmm. to have their assets and property confiscated, to shun them, humiliate them, separate them, and deport them to concentration camps. The Jews became the pariahs before they were expelled. Mm -hmm. IBM scheduled the trains leading to the final stages of extermination to ensure that the trains departed and arrived on schedule. Wow. The tattoo numbers branding Jewish inmates of Auschwitz were IBM identification codes. Hmm. So IBM, essentially, that technology wow. facilitated the murderous operation to be carried out on an industrial assembly line efficiency method. That's right. That is one of the distinguishing features of the Holocaust as compared to other genocides. Mm -hmm. Without that, without IBM, they could have never accomplished what they did for evil, for killing exactly. on, on such a mass scale, correct? Exactly. Mm. Because this, this provides, you know, the kernel. And what is pretty horrifying to me is that, well, Andrew Cuomo, uh, contracted IBM for their Excelsior passport. Oh, my goodness. That was for the vaccine passport, proof of vaccination. Wow. Yeah. There is a connection. <laughs> so there we go. And I do have to say that, you know, there is a concerted effort to silence people who are telling the story that I'm telling. Yes. They don't want people to go there 
to consider that perhaps in some way we may be emulating those early stages that culminated in the Holocaust. I think but most most people that is yeah. the truth. Yes. And the more people that be, that actually start waking up to that possibility the sooner we can stop this. Yes. I think a lot of this comes into play Vera where you've got to look at so many different factors what happened in Germany uh, IBM's involvement, what happened in America with Margaret Sanger and the eugenics, it wasn't just about birth control. She literally no. put Planned Parenthood clinics in the minority neighborhoods wanting to eliminate the black mm. race or reduce the black population. Yep. Pl- friends, if you're not familiar with that history, please look it up. Um, Scott, do you want to add something to what Vera was just sharing? Well, I think it's extremely important to frame what she's saying because what's going on is – there, we're going through just a couple of the comparisons right yes, now. Yes, On Grace's so website, we put a tab called the Holocaust Connection. There's at least 50 different comparisons to show anybody that's willing to review it. You can see side by side the parallels that they are literally happening right under our nose. But there is such a propaganda campaign that you cannot see this unless you've been woken up. And that's why we keep going on and on and on with all the interviews we can get is we want people to be able to see this because the first step is to wake up. Yes. You're trying to sound the alarm. You're trying to say people, we, human nature, I think we want to give humanity, others, the benefit of the doubt, but we are ignoring a very important biblical principle that the heart of man is evil and wicked beyond cure. And this is the evil. Some of these are the evil agendas of man. Vera, we've just got five minutes left. Uh, what else would you like to add just to warn and encourage our listeners to research, start paying attention? And uh, what else would you like to say? What I'd like them to do also, we've set up a special uh, website, Nuremberg75.com. The Nuremberg Code, I suggest to people to Download it, read it. It's very, very understandable. Anybody with even a fifth-grade education can understand every word. And that Nuremberg Code is a defense. It's a weapon against being used and being coerced into a medical experiment. And if they take this Nuremberg Code to their doctor or the hospital and, and show them that they must divulge everything about this, all the information that they are not divulging, they can be held liable in the court of law. Mm. It provides people with something concrete, spelling out their rights in this uh, vis-a-vis, you know, the the forced vaccinations. Mm. Now, the boosters are coming this week. This coming week, they're Mm. going to start with the boosters. Those boosters have not been clinically tested at all. Of course. Yeah. Of course. It's it's astounding. They're pushing the envelope beyond belief. Yes. Um, Vera, one of the problems is people made up their minds one way or another way too early that they're going to trust the government. They're going to think the vaccines are are the answer. They too many people before they researched it. But Scott, do you want to add anything? We've just got a couple minutes left. I'd I'd like to add that anybody listening, do not consider that Grace's case or what Vera and I are talking about is an exception. I want you to remember these two words, you're next. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is a podcast host roughly six weeks ago when he heard the entire story, Grace's whole story, he said, Scott, it's not safe to be hit by a car anymore. And the reason he said that is because if you're hit by a car, you're going to get transported to a hospital via an ambulance, which you're not going to have a choice. And they're going to go through their checklist, which they always do. Mm -hmm. What's your religious affiliation? Have you been vaccinated? So if they call your wife and your wife, because you're knocked out from the car accident, and she says you're Christian and unvaccinated, you will not come out of that hospital alive. That's my perspective, okay. and I want people to, to hear that loud and clear. The other perspective is stand on God's truth. Do not enter into these crazy debates that they want us to enter in under the Hegelian dialectic. 
God told us in Genesis, be fruitful and multiply. We do not have to enter into this population reduction agenda. Mm-hmm. God did, never sent an amendment to that That's statement. Right. That's right. As far as I'm aware. We're going to have to talk more about that next time you come in, the, the dialect, the, how they're changing language, redefining words. Vera, just a minute and a half, just your final thoughts, please. Again, resist because be aware the survivors that survived the Holocaust were rescued. There were three armed forces that rescued people. Now there will be no rescuers mm. unless you rescue yourself now, unless you stand up straight and say no more. Mm. You have to resist because no one will do it for you. Vera Sharav, Scott Shera, thank you guys so much. I want to direct people to Nuremberg 75 Dot com and also our amazing grace.net. God bless you both. Thank you. Lord willing, we'll do this again in the near future. Well, thanks for having Thank us. You. Thank you. God bless you. Now, uh, friends, remember the Prophecy Conference, Appleton, Wisconsin. It kicks off tomorrow afternoon, and uh, I'll be speaking there Saturday morning. But we will have pastors Chris Quintana and Dr. Andy Woods in studio tomorrow for a Q&A. you got to get in your comments and questions, though. We'll, we'll run out of time quickly. Comments at standupforthetruth.com. Comments at standupforthetruth.com. So Andy Woods, Chris Quintana, tomorrow in studio. Guys, once this podcast is up, we really encourage you to share it. We have been censored and shadow banned uh, by big tech and social media. It's gone on for years. We have not been able to fight it. That, that you know, a handful of people see our posts. But we've got a lot of followers. But if you would just share the podcast, it, it will be up in a couple hours. And this is another important interview with this perspective that is just not getting out there enough. If you would please do that for us and share the podcast. So thank you so much. Again, that Stand Up For The Truth has a Facebook page. And we also want to direct you to the resources. One word at the top of the site, resources. It'll take you to 200 resources you can trust. We put this together. We even put it in alphabetical order for you. Um, so there are over 200, just so you know, so don't count. Uh, but America's Frontline Doctors is one of them, and just so many others, Breitbart News, uh, CBN News, and a lot of other great websites and ministries, biblical ministries that you can follow and get research and information from. Well, guys, thank you. Very important and heavy topic today, but I encourage you to take heart. Because we have the Holy Spirit in us, Jesus overcame the world, and greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We are here for such a time as this, and Jesus is our cornerstone, our anchor, and that is the truth that we stand on in these crazy times where truth can just be a feeling or an idea or it can change, according to some, from day to day. But God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.